Welcome back to another episode of the Out of Ashan podcast. It's good to see you, brother. It's been a little while. How's everything? Good, man. It's It was Hurricane, what they call it? Um, Hillary? Hillary? Yeah. Yep. Where did you get Hillary these names from? <laughs> I don't know. They, and I didn't look it up. I didn't, even, I didn't even look it up to see what that's all about. But yeah, Hurricane Hillary. Oh, man. Well, you know... A lot of um, this is the first week of school, so you know mm. we were busy, busy, busy on campus, and you know I was having a lot of conversations, catching up with a lot of our students. Um, we're doing the internships and doing great things this summer. Some people traveled, uh, doing service projects, but you know also my daughter, my oldest, this was her first day in college. Man, we you have over. gotten a hey, college, bro. <laughs> we we got we have college students now <laughs> under our wings. So you, you're definitely, as we say, young, old. <laughs> exactly. So you got to exactly. stay healthy like we do, man. Got I was thinking, you know, I'm, my body's changing. I was having a conversation with a friend. It's like your body changes every 10 years and you have to adjust your diet according to that or you will start looking crazy. It come quick. That joint just creep up on you. You don't even quick. know. You'd be like, dang, where did this tub came from, quick, come from? <laughs> Straight up, yeah. It's funny you say that because... Pre-COVID, going to work, suits and everything. Three years later, two years later after COVID, I went back to the closet to go get some. Felt a little snug in the jacket. I was like, hold up. And yep. started trying there on everything. Go. I'm like, oh. Because during COVID, it was nothing but like sweatpants, like loungewear. You didn't really dress up, dress up. So it's like you hadn't touched those clothes in like two, yeah. three years. It was mm-hmm. like, hold up. Set as a warning for you. That don't be crucial. Because when you're wearing normal clothes and you start getting snug, at least you can warn yourself, like, oh, I need to chill. No, nope, when you wearing uh, stretchy <laughs> spandex, cotton hanes, <laughs> that thing expands with you. So, but we, we had a good time, you know. As we had that conversation this morning, uh, you know, being our first day, you know, that you had the little jitters here, anxiety, um, as well as it's just the fear of the unknown. And in some cases, they're just they're just eager to get this process started because you've you've built up, you've gone through school, and you get to the point of like, yes, now I'm in college. Now I have to make these decisions. That seemingly can can be overwhelming at times because, especially for a college student, um, they're being asked to make decisions now that will ultimately direct the course of their future. So, mm-hmm. what am I going to study? What what am I here for? What am I going to put all my effort into in order? And what career path do I want? What lifestyle do I want to live? So these are so many different questions that that we put on their plate as 16, 17, 18 year olds, and then now they're there. They're at the crossroads and they have to, and sometimes they, they, they fall into that trap of indecision, un, being unable to have that clear cut path. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes as parents, we're like, nah, you need to do this. Even though when we were there, it was like, we were scatterbrained. We were all over the place. We were kind of finding our way. We didn't think we were though. Exactly. At the time we, we, we had all the answers. Mm-hmm. We had all the answers, <laughs> but it it, 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 it was, but that same uh, theme replayed itself all day today because while I was in the office, in finance, all, that door was wide open because students were coming in trying to figure out, yeah, I started here, but I'm feeling this. You know, I, I got involved with this this summer, so now I'm trying to make a pivot. I'm trying to make a switch over to this. What do you think about that? So, because we all have to kind of adjust and ask ourselves to re- redirect ourselves mm-hmm. with our trajectories, our life plans, as well as what is the course for our future? What are we going to look like for the next one, two, three to 10 years? Mm-hmm. You know, so how, how do you deal with that? How, how do you deal with um, changing lanes or coming up, having that conversation with yourself to understand 
where it is you're trying to go while looking at the same time of being present in the moment and fully engulfing yourself to where you are today? How, how do you t- typically handle that on, on an individual basis? I think for uh, you and I and, and people who were raised in the 90s and early 2000s when internet started with AOL, remember the dial-up? And it yeah, wasn't as strong. Yeah, you, you still had to depend on your social skills. You had to interact with people directly, right? But this interconnectivity that the internet has brought it does bring a, a sense of connectivity uh, and, and oneness in, in one way or another, but it's always with other thought processes and agendas that can at times confuse a lot of, or it does confuse a lot of the young people because there's so many options or it appears to be that there's so many options. And to a degree there are. However, if a person doesn't go by root, if they don't go by um, the understanding of how they've been made, what they've been made to do and taking time to find themselves, understanding um, who they are as a person, understanding the environment that they're going into, understanding the environment of college. College is a is an experience, right? It really is teaching you how to uh, move into adulthood. So it's a lot of the social gatherings and being able to be on campus and, and meet new people and networks. That's what college is about is um, learning, studying subject matters and interfacing with people. But if you grew up and you didn't have a lot of those skills and you were stuck behind a computer or was kind of to yourself and only stay within your little confine, it's going to be very difficult and a challenge to adjust. And it becomes like bigger fish, big fish, small fish in the in the ocean versus big fish in a little pond. It's something like that. I can't remember exactly how that goes, but you, you get the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being able to teach a child uh, you know, scriptures talk about teaching a child in the way that sh- they should go so that when they grow, as they're developing, they don't depart from certain principles that will help them move through the trajectory of life because it becomes more and more challenging. And then you're paying for it at the same time. So there's so many kind of pressures. I'm sure parents are like if a child doesn't have a scholarship or they have a partial scholarship or whatever the, the situation may be, that's a whole nother added pressure to perform. Right. And if you're performing, that becomes a, a difficult to really focus in and get a groove um, and really uh, imbibe a lot of the different subject matters that you're um, getting from the different um, professors. And then for professors who've been doing it for so long, they sometimes become so systematized. They just going through the motion. So then the child feels alone, especially if you're going to a big school like whether it be Howard or University of Maryland, where you have 400, 500, sometimes 200 people in a a course, you have to really have focus. And our culture today doesn't teach focus. So it becomes that much more difficult for students. So I can only imagine your job helping navigate certain areas that possibly could have been done a little bit more at home because teaching still starts at home. Like when we were talking to your daughter, it's like, Here's the premise and the basis of your mindset you have to go in with going into this space. And once they feel secure in that, then whatever whims come, we've already set a parameter. We Like, I love that idea of the white picket fence. Create a white picket fence, let the children run around in the yard, but you know they're safe. They're not going to go out into the street. They're not going to let intruders in, so forth and so on. So parents need to learn or should um, spend a lot more time Um, setting those parameters and the scriptures help with those parameters and um, being in community. That's what we had, you know, growing up, 
um, that a, a lot of our children don't have is that community setting. Every two, three times a week, we're together. We're learning from each other. We're hearing from e- from each other's experience. We live in, in Mo- one person's in Montgomery County, another person Anne Arundel, somebody's in PG. All the different social classes, economic structures, coming into one space and learning from one another and being with one another, that gives you strength. I used to love going to Fermont Heights, shout out to Fermont Heights, uh, with uh, my cousin, Kofi John. It always felt good to be able to go to school and know that, you know, you go to church on Sunday, and you're like, all right, man, I'm gonna see you, I'll see you tomorrow. It, you, you know at least your cousin is there with you. If anything uh, goes you know, awry or anything happens, you have somebody with you. But when you go into college and you don't know nobody, um, it, it, I, I think so. it, right, and I think it depends on personalities too. But um, it is a challenge for the young people today. There's so much opportunity, but there's so little help in um, finding one's core in order to then uh, maximize those opportunities. Well, well you know, see, on top, you, you mentioned personalities, but there's also a a cultural element there because mm. uh, I see it with my international students. You see, they're more anti-social because typically the background they come from is a more structured rigid background directive matter, matter of fact a young lady who came to my office today grew up in alabama but her parents are from cameroon and i can tell just in her speech she's very direct to the point i mean she had her life planned for the next 20 years and then as i'm talking to her she's like, oh yeah my dad's in finance he's in consulting he does x y and z so they are they are he's already laid out a plan because when she graduates, she says, oh, my dad has a consulting firm, so I'll be working for him. So she's just going through the motions of going through the college process and preparing herself. But ultimately, it's going to come back home to the family business. That's versus, the way to go. Like, mm-hmm. That's the way to go versus you just have a lot of uncertainty because oftentimes, even if that conversation is being had, it's a lot of elements. And it's and as you as you eloquently put, it's a lot of distractions, right? Mm-hmm. So, so this aspect of life and what I'm finding is even working at different colleges, like you mentioned earlier, college is an experience. For some, it's not an experience. It's a, it's a part of the process to attain something, to attain a degree, to, to attain that stamp of approval to go on to the next level, mm. which is adulthood career. But some folks get lost in the sauce because it becomes, I call it an adult daycare. Because some people, parents send their kids off to get out of their hair to so-called be independent um, to find themselves. But what they don't realize is as long as bills are still being paid, um, they're not really independent because they're dependent. They're just away from you. <laughs> and that's all that's going on. Oh, and then on crucial. top of that, mm-hmm. you see, and then on mm-hmm. top of that, they're picking up and learning different things based on the subculture that they immerse themselves in. Ooh. So your child can leave one way and come back totally different because you gotta, don't have that as core. we talk about it yeah it's, it's an indoctrination camp mm-hmm. in a sense that that's where a lot of your ideals and different things are being shaped if you don't have a strong foundation this person has a strong foundation it's pretty difficult they can amend here but at least as we talked about with my daughter this morning have self-awareness to pick and choose and to understand what different things are being thrown in your direction and have mm-hmm. the ability to critically think and come to a newfound conclusion on life you know but in a lot of cases, this is it's, this is it's very, especially in the West, it's a very social environment. Hence, why people select different colleges because they know this space is going to have fun. There's football, there's athletics, there's pledging, sorority. That is the stuff that's on highest on a totem pole. And then, um, somewhere in the list, 
yeah, I'm going to get a degree. <laughs> and <laughs> man, and I was listening to a, a, a um, I don't think it was a podcast, but some sort of radio show where the guy was talking about how far America has gone from anything that's based in morality. Now we go back to your student um, from Cameroon, the young lady who's going already focused because what? She already has a foundation. That's real legacy. If we want to use that term legacy, you're building upon what is already there. People like, no, I want to do it on my own. That is stupid and a lie. Why would you want to do it on your own? If it's already laid that you could build upon it to make things stronger. All these presidents, all these of political leaders all of these business people most of them are in the positions they are in because their parents laid some sort of foundation so most countries whether it be in asia or in most african or the garden um countries you're going to see a lot of the parents tell you you're going to be a doctor you're going to be a this you're going to do a di- this and a lot of them are trying to start with their children so that pressure gets on them they get into those subcultures then they end up you know falling apart i remember one student i don't even know if they ever recovered uh from going to a ivy league school and feeling that pressure and then for some reason cracked under the pressure and then mentally destabilized you're like a mental breakdown so that kind of that that pressure happens quite a bit but if you're coming from a place of hey i'm going into school i know my parents are doing this but i want to do this which is still based on your understanding of how to build something we don't we don't we've been taught in this culture fast, instant, Instagram, instant everything. So we don't just we lost track of the earth. So we don't know that things take time. You don't plant seeds in the ground and tomatoes come up tomorrow. Or you don't plant a seed in a, a woman and then the baby comes in two months. It takes time. And if we taught people that they would be more patient, more methodical and more um, critical. I think the way you said critically thinking through things and using logic and not move by emotion or the you know, have, you could still have fun in college and enjoy all that stuff, but it, it, it shouldn't impede on your ideals of where you're going in success. So back to that radio show, the guy said, America, most people, the young people today want to come out and they want to be YouTubers. They want to be famous. They want to do this where the number one thing um, in, in I think it was China, he said that they want to be astronauts. That's a huge thing. They they shun and and degrade anything that's uh, humiliating to them as a people so they don't do a lot of like twerking and things of that nature they're focused on building for the future and when you feel like the future is now and all you're thinking about is myself and i'm gonna make money and da 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 that is an unsustainable plan because there's too many factors that can poke holes through that theory but if you're thinking more long term you're thinking more from a community base how can i serve what can i do that will be beneficial for my family if my parents weren't able to do for whatever reason whether it was they they came over to another country like our parents did or they had um you know some situations happen where they weren't able to go to college you know you always hear people say i'm the first one to graduate from college for my family if that's the case cool but have a plan even if you don't go by it all the way, remember the white picket fence, have some sort of plan to say, hey, I'm going to do this. And if you get into your sophomore, junior year, tell us a little bit, Cole, about people who, what are some cool ways or some safe ways to approach school? And then if they want to, um, you know, like take electives, we know those basic things. But in your experience, how have you guided students from being able to um, explore Find out what they want to do and then honing in and being able to pivot if they have to make a decision. What are some key principles you think they can do to be able to be successful at, at navigating in school? 
usually I start off with me is more or less what do your interests lie, mm. and starting from that standpoint because I I can bring ideas and give them advice all I want, but all I get back usually is what they don't want to do. People can always tell you what they don't want to do when they, but you ask them what it is you want to do, and then that's where the crickets come. That's where a silence comes mm. because oftentimes going back to indecision, it's I don't want to do make a wrong decision. I don't want to I don't want to start and not be able to finish. I don't want to say I want to do this and then have to restart all over again. Mm. So all those different factors are what causes the person to kind of slow roll it and falter in their decision making. So for me, it starts up, what is it you're interested in? You know, take money, as we mentioned this morning, have talking to the, the young one, get money off of the picture because that is clouding a lot of the judgment and a lot of the decisions mm. that people make because it's rooted and based in scarcity and lack of like okay i need to do something that generates income because if not then i'm going to live or i'm not going to be able to have or i can't do this i can't do that where as we're saying you can you can generate and do a lot of different things and be able to still be successful Mm -hmm. so what it is that works for you so i start i go back to say i start off with what interests you and then start to take classes in those arenas Mm -hmm. because i've had a myriad i've met numerous amounts of people that started one way because of monetary reasons hated it didn't succeed and then once it got into crunch time they're like i need to graduate they went back to the default they went back to their first love excelled and was like i should have did this from the beginning but because of fear and doubt in their unwillingness to be confident in themselves that you know what i'm not necessarily doing this for a career but i'm i'm doing this to build a, a skill set i'm doing this to add value to myself and i can utilize these skills in this one area and still maneuver in a different area. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's about a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Many, many people are in jobs or in careers that don't align with their degrees. But they're there and they're doing well because they have tangible skills that are easily translatable into different arenas, different arenas. Like my daughter, she asked me this morning, why would a person be an English major? I'm like, English, that's communication. If you can read and you can write, especially if you can communicate effectively in the written form, you can work in any industry. Every industry, the basis, you need people who to communicate. You look at the White House. They have press secretaries. Mm-hmm. They have people who write their speeches. CEOs do it all the time. It's not just education. Every, every organization, PR, there's, you always need people who can effectively communicate. She was like, oh, I didn't really think about that. And that's a part of the problem as well. Because oftentimes, we as human beings have a deficiency. We have a blind spot where we cannot connect the dots. Because we cannot connect the dots, we don't see the opportunities that ultimately lie within. I remember when I was at Frostburg, um, in my calculus class, the math department had low enrollment. So I remember Dr. Weimer, he was he was like, why don't you just be a math major? Because I was going in for computer science. He said, why don't you just be a math major? Because it seems like you're good at it. In my mind, I was like, what am I going to do with math? The only thing I could do with math is be a math teacher. So I was a math major for like three semesters. Mm. And then I ultimately stopped because I didn't, I couldn't connect the dots. Mm. Fast forward, now I'm working for the different colleges, right? And then now I start to see math is the basis line for technology. Like you can easily go from math to engineering, math to chemistry, math to computer science. Same concept, same math. But I was like, see, back then, mm. he wasn't even in a position to tell me what what type of opportunities lie within if I would have maintained and stayed the course. Wow. So because of that, that caused you to fall off because you can't see the end. So that, that plan... 
the end of the rainbow. If you, once again, if you can't see and connect the dots to where you're going, it's very difficult to nav navigate that trail. So that's why I love what I do because I'm able to help students connect the dots. I'm, help I'm there to fit those p puzzle pieces together. So and let them know there's 10 different ways to get to that destination. You don't, there's not one way. So this way may take you, it's just look like transportation. Mm -hmm. Walking, biking, driving a car and flying. You can get to the destination, but it's just going to be a time difference. And depending on what, there's going to be cost levels. Once one's going to have a rough terrain, the other one is going to cause you to take flight and then to kind of be dependent on the situation. But ultimately, you can get there and you have to choose which route you want to go. Wonderful. And, and I think something you said earlier about the um, indecisiveness that comes, um, you help by offsetting it by going straight to the root, which is what do you like or what is what are you passionate about? Right, because once you understand your passion, as we always say in our Light Your Path um, mentorship program, if you understand your passion or you, you can identify your passion, sometimes there's so many distractions, people don't even know what they want to do. Like, I don't know what I'm interested in. That's when you know too many influences have come in that is siphoning their power where they don't have the, 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 the focus to understand how they feel about any one thing because everyone has a passion in something yeah. regardless of what it is so once you have that passion then like you say you develop the skill set and that's where school comes in and then if you're if you're keeping those two together it's just like anything you plant in the ground you're watering it you're being faithful to the process see process is important we want the end result we want the check we want to do this da, da, da. be faithful to the process and all these things will be added seek first kingdom Seek first internal space. Make sure your internal space is correct. Make sure it's aligned. Make sure it's focused. And then you're going to find your career or purpose. And usually if you're being um, driven by the right reasons and trying to service, be in service to humanity, like you said in one of the podcasts, that everything you do is to serve someone else. Whether you're serving stakeholders or if you're serving um, um customers or whatever it is is always to give to someone else but we've been taught marketing and da, 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 and in gold is about getting money but if you care about the individual you actually will get money and you have long-lasting customers case in points case in point when i used to work in the uh in show business and we would do shows i would when i met with a, a buyer or a vendor i never came in trying to go for the kill like now nah, i'm gonna charge them this and i need to get them that because once they realize that you do good business you're a great communicator as you said earlier and you're looking out for their best interests most of my relationship was lasting three four five years as opposed to just getting a one-off so I always try to encourage younger people like don't be so thirsty to get the cash right there first of all you're gonna pay taxes on it anyway so it'd be better for you to build something that's going to be more long lasting so that you can have that uh, res residual income coming in and then coming in from different streams as you begin to harness and develop relationships and networks. If you don't have good relationships, you can be the most skilled mathematician in the world, but you're going to have very little. You're going to have to depend completely upon your resume and your interview skills, which is cool. But if you have relationships, if you're connected in that way or you know how to network with people uh you can you can survive in a totally different fashion and have opportunities come that uh no, you didn't 100 I, I, I see that same principle i see it in the in the business world mm -hmm. like certain relationships like i joke and people would joke we, me and this other um business owner we laugh because we say we have one of the best businesses that no one knows about because we don't market 
Mm. It's like we have services. Like people are like, no, you got to market. You got to go this, go to Google Ads, do all this, spend all this money to get what return. So he was, he was like, man, the way we met was just by you asking me, could I do a favor for you? And the next thing you know, I did two, you did three. And now we, every day we, we passing jobs around. I said, I said, I don't know why it works that way. It's about relationship because mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, I knew you were a good dude because even when I asked you the price, you, you, you need want to charge me because of the favor I did for you the first time. As he said, in this business, it's very difficult to find good people. Mm-hmm. So he said, once I do that, I said, okay, I, I can rock with this dude. Mm-hmm. And then come to find out, I have contracts with churches. He has contracts with churches. He, he was with the Greater Mount Nebo pastor. So he was like, oh, that, that's what I was talking about, gospel go. I was like, next thing you know, we, we were in the same circle, didn't even know each other. Yeah. <laughs> but it all came by way of an re- outside relationship. And, and birds so, of a feather the, flock together, too, anyway. Birds of a feather flock together, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, and, and he has even has the mindset, you know, the other day he was, a customer had did something. He said, that, that's the, he said, there goes a falling again. When he said, I said, what did you just say? He said, there goes a falling again. He said, you got to be careful. <laughs> and the conversation, I said, you don't know. And we started talking about the scriptures, like, because he even has an awareness because he understands. He says, not, everything is spirit. We're mm-hmm. spiritual beings. So therefore, mm-hmm. we operate in the spirit realm. So we got to be very careful of what we consume mm-hmm. as we talk about the diet. He said, this is our temple, mm-hmm. right? So it's on us to maintain the temple. When we don't do so, we're, we're operating in disobedience. We're mm-hmm. operating in arrogance because we're not being caretakers of ourselves. So how can we be caretakers of our environment and people around us? Mm-hmm. And, and everything, that's what you said. Everything starts from within. Mm-hmm. So even the students like that we engage with, back to the education, that's why that identity piece is very, 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 very important because some people are coming to these institutions to find an identity. Mm. And trust and believe before they en- exit, they will find something. Something or something will find them. Mm. And this is why they cleave to different things. They cleave to different ideologies. Mm. They cleave to these these um, ideals and ideas that seem foreign, that that look totally anti how they were raised. But you see, you can, oh, and we saw when we was younger, usually everybody was one way, but once they hit that collegiate level, that's when we used to say folks are just wild out because <laughs> at that point it's they're all by themselves. There's no structure. There's no parents. There's no one telling them what to do, what not to do. Mm. They're free to roam and free to do. So once again, if you don't have that strong, solid foundation, you make yourself susceptible and vulnerable to a lot of different mechanisms. Some positive, some negative. But as every as every, everything we know, everything that's out there is not good for you. So mm-hmm. you got to be able to sift, be able to block out. And be able to understand what you can handle, what type of bandwidth that you're able to process on a day-to-day basis. But it's it's tough out here for these young folks because yeah. I can only imagine seeing the the levels of stress. I mean, even last year, we we were in a training because so many students were contemplating suicide. Mm. I'm talking about to me, I'm looking at them like it's not that serious, but everything is sense highly sensitive. It's really that serious because it's like when your identity is wrapped up into tangible things that seemingly hold no value to someone else but to you it's the end of the world like literally they don't see anything else but then just killing themselves offing themselves removing themselves from the planet and and it's it's a sad thing because you you start to realize the mental state and the fragility of our people and our students and then you always have to you sit back and wonder how do we get here like Mm. what foundation was this built on what what was around them what 
where was the community and all this? Because we have to blame because we have to look at the outer community as well, because that's where a lot of our formation of who we are and our values and our self-worth comes from. So what was missing or what was intact that every little thing like this can cause you to go to such extreme lengths, mm. you know, and, and, and that's that's one of the, the worst things I see uh, in these environments is because, like I said, you see, I, I call it sheep. I call it lamb. Mm-hmm. Lamb to the slaughter because you can see many of them. They're just going with the flow, going with the flow, just just doing what they do. <laughs> I mean, and you see it on a day to day basis. But you know, you can't blame them because no, you, you, you don't you don't know their background. You don't know where they came from. Like for example, today this this young man came to my office, twenty nine years old, and he was trying to find a way to uh, re enter college, but. Um, the way he was showing himself, you would have thought he was an expert. I thought he was a graduate student because he was talking like he had his whole life under control. But sitting in the office, he's talking and then I'm asking him questions. Come to find out, he's just at an impasse. Like I'm talking about wit's end. He he said he's homeless. Um, he's he's literally trying to find a job. He's trying to do this to stay in school to, to pay the school fees. So he he's trying to get them to help him with scholarships financially. He's like, I just need help. Because he said, it's difficult out here because I know I need education because in the world we live in, that that becomes a standard, especially in D.C. Because this is one of the most highly educated cities on the, on, the, on the planet. So therefore, even the most basic job, people have master's degrees, people have bachelor's degrees. So if you don't have at least that, that immediately knocks you, you down. So he's starting to, but he's starting to realize, he said, you know what, everything that I've gotten to this point has been because of relationship. People have given me something or people have put me there. Now that I'm trying to fend it for myself, I find it to be very difficult. Mm. But and this was this was an old, a thirty year old uh, gentleman who is he's dealing with these situations. Now, when we go back to the passion, what he's passionate about is he he started a business. He's a pescatarian chef, and I was sitting there like, so why won't you focus your efforts on that? Like, what type of opportunity lends itself there? It's almost like he's put that to the back burner because to them, in his mind. That's not going to be his ticket out or the way out. He needs to be in college because he has a he has an ideal form in his mind that this is what's going to work. But, go over the cheesecake factory or somewhere and start working there and then build your own thing. <laughs> I had given him. I said, "Why don't you go and just be the chef?" Nah, I, I just can't go get a random job like because I need to because it's almost like the the paperwork the paper. And I think when he first started school, he was a political science major. He now he doesn't want to do anything with political science. But to him, it's more important to get this stamp of approval, this degree that says I am, therefore take me because mm-hmm. I'm, even though he has the skill and he showed me, I was like, bro, you're very talented at that. But that's where you need to be putting your effort in. Go, You can go back and get different things. to be. We have a f- small business office on the first floor. You can go there to see what type of opportunities where there's micro um loans there, something to get you started, or let's find a way to get you into that culinary world because you have a skill and a talent. Mm. But you're draining yourself trying to get a sheet of paper to prove to who? Is it yourself or are you trying to prove to other people that you're not a failure, that you are successful, that you are somebody? But once again, when you clean and and get past all the smoke and mirrors, it comes back to identity. Mm. It's about how you feel about yourself. And if there's nothing that is stable there, that's strong in the essence and the core of who you are, this is why you go to and fro. You're, you're trying to find it. You're searching it. You're trying to seek it out. So you're grasping for everything. 
Anything. Anything that seems pleasing to the eyes, that seems to be cool, that seems to be, okay, that's trendy. Yeah, let me hold on to that. Let me be a part of that right now. Let me dress like that. Let me talk like that. Let me walk like that. Because from head to toe, he was swagged out. But the dude told me he's homeless. <laughs> so I'm looking at him like, you don't look like a homeless person. <laughs> You're put together. You talk the talk. But behind it all, you are, it's mass chaos. And That's I most said, people in the world. And this, this is just the first day of class. I said, this is going to be a long semester. I can already tell. <laughs> Man. And I think the, the key point you keep coming to identity goes back into what, you, what your, your partner was saying is that spirit. And we think spirit means church. It doesn't. Spirit is your your innermost being, where your your intellect, your will, your emotions, your soul v- resides in spirit space. So if that area is tampered with, your subconscious. These are all different terms we use of what I mean by spirit space. The way you think, the way you operate. If that is not, if there's no awareness of that particular part of your being. Now I'm not saying going to a religious place or church or any of these different. Um, institutions can't be helpful however a lot of times because of the negative um, connotation and 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 upbringing or the negative uh, impact a lot of these institutions have had people automatically shun their spirit or their their soul as being vital to the physical environment or the physical space as we always say every physical material thing you see comes from spirit comes from someone's thoughts comes from ideas comes from heart whatever that may be and then it comes into this space we saw in genesis 1 let there be light light let there be this but that was all process process most high made us in his image so that means everything is processed so whatever you're speaking whatever you're thinking about so a lot of the the fallout we're experiencing where the children don't have no sense of this or a sense of themselves or are wrapped up in the 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 something that they can get out of that they don't have to end their life comes from a disturbed spirit or unsettled spirit the scriptures talk about multitudes multitudes in the valley of decision indecision which path should i take the fork in the road should i go this way should i go that way should i go to college i want to go to howard i want to go to this school because it's going to give me the name da, 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 da. i ain't going to no pg i ain't going to no community i'm going here i'm not do- indecisions based on or making decisions based on public opinion and thought processes where you're never going to hear from them people anyway regardless of what decision you make so having a straight sub uh, sorry it's straight bamas they don't care about you anyway. They, they're not thinking about you. And I had to learn that um, along the way because a part of my indecisiveness came because of trauma, right? So when you get traumatized in certain aspects of your life, it can shake your foundation. But if your foundation is built on a rock, meaning built on principle, built on scripture, built on culture that is a create that is built on an awareness of the most high, built on the awareness of the mental being able to think through things being that's why I always when I talk to my daughter and I tell and we pray I always pray for wisdom which is the ability to d- use knowledge so wisdom knowledge understanding which is the root understanding which we always do which is cool but the overstanding which is having um a a a a a, a um a, a overview a a a 
long-term viewpoint or a bird's eye view. That's what I was looking for. A bird's eye view of any particular thing that you go into. So then when you get into that space and the emotions come, which it will, and emotions is like water, you have to allow it to settle so that you can continue to move forward. But if you, the waves come and you, you have a boat, but you start getting all scared and frantic because a little water got on your shoe or whatever, you see water coming in and you don't think to go get a bucket to take the water out or to plug in the hole where the water's coming in from and you start to panic, when you, you can't be emotional and logic at the same time. You're going to choose one or the other and then you're going to face the consequences. So if we can begin to teach young people early about logic, then they would uh, be able to navigate. But it's so hard to do that and what, or the challenge is the internet, the challenge is the culture that just inundates fast, 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 fast. Go, 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 go. Do this, do this, do this. Sensuality. Sense, everything's in the senses. Feel, material. Got to feel it. Got to do it. Got to get it. Got to get you can't, You're going to be controlled often. So taking that time to uh, think through, and it's, and it's such a, a, a difficult task right now in this particular world we're in because this form of capitalism that we've been in is starting to evolve and change, evolve into the next forms that are coming in the next 15, 20 years. That's what this all, all these things are about is that the changing of the guards is happening. And us, my, my prayer for us in this country, the United States, is that we truly understand what that means and begin to build our um, future and, and approach education from those standpoints, like you said earlier, having an actual tangible skill. Because you can be a political science major, you can be all these things, but if that system or when that system begins to evolve, change, break down, whatever term, whatever it does, do you have any skills? Can you do anything? Like you said, they took tech ed out of the schools. What are you going to do? Place it with nothing. You're going to go to somebody and be like, yo, can society. I? Right. <laughs> I can I can tell you what the Republicans are going to do in the next election. Well, Republicans, are they still here? <laughs> the Democrats, I can tell you that that works right now because this is the way it is. But as things evolve, you can still do that, but always have solid plans, which brings you ultimately back to the earth. Like we were saying earlier today, try to whatever your career is, still find a way to get more tangible skills or survival skills. So you can maneuver through anything that happens in life. And cooking is a survival skill. So he wants to get away from his root thing. And they're only going to find out that um, if you became a, um, a chef and, and worked in that space and pushed it, it can create the room you want in order to go get your degree or do whatever else you want to do. You, do. you know, because it even goes back to um, even something you, you just touched on because time, the distractions that are so pervasive, right? And that can cause you to lose focus on so many different things. Because even at pay, the, the, when you start to talk about patience and discipline, mm -hmm. it feels restrictive to a lot of people because discipline, saying, I can't do this. Nobody wants to be told they can't do something. Therefore, they don't want to feel like they can't do something. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they tend to do the opposite of what should be done anyway. That's just a part of human behavior that hence why in everything we do, you have to have some type of, uh, you have to be conservative in your approach to a lot of things because your natural inclination, desire, like sugar, you taste sugar, whom is good, but you'll go full and eat, just keep eating sugar, sugar, sugar. 
And what is it doing? It's killing your systems. It's killing your body. So at some point, you got to tell yourself no and withstand and abstain from it because you know too much of something is going to knock and kick you into an imbalance. And it's a lot of that is what goes on in life. And we as individuals just have to see it and know it for what it is. Life is life. You're not going to cheat life. Man. Nature is always going to win. <laughs> what you put in is going to come out. The things that you neglect will rear its ugly heads later on somewhere down the line. You can't, it, it's just human. It's, this is the way we were created. This is how the earth works. You can't cheat it. So you got to understand, like you said, this is a slow process. Everything takes time. You can't, Rome wasn't built in the day, as they say, but you know, it's brick by brick, mortar by mortar. So the things that we see today has been in motion for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. So the things that we see right now with our naked eye started long time ago. The process, we were just a part of the process. We didn't see it. Now we see the manifestation of what's being erected right now as we speak. So for our young people, the, the you that's going to be 10 years from now has started 20 years ago. It was already in motion. You just need to be in that arena. You may not know the specifics. You may not know down to the exact minute details. But if you're walking in faith and walking in understanding and understand and, and moving in your inclinations, that's why I was telling my daughter, discernment is important. Mm. You got to be able to weigh the pros and the cons. So when you talk about that logic, you got to be able to maneuver and make decisions for you that are wise decisions because they will put you in places and put you in places and you won't even know who you're coming to contact with. This person will elevate you to this. They like you. Oh, I need you to do the X, Y, and Z. And all along the way, you're moving closer and closer to your destiny. But you don't have the roadmap. You're just maneuvering. You're just going through life. But you're walking in the order steps the way you're supposed to do. So if you have your mind and your heart are fixed and it's trained and you're focused you're going to get to the destination which you choose to, or even the destination that your purpose to be at. But it starts with your heart, though. Your heart has to be pure. As when we talk about usefulness, I go back to um, my international students. And the reason why I bring up international students a lot, because it's a different culture. It's a different environment. Usually, places comparative to us, it seems like they have less than. They don't have all the luxuries and all the distractions so they come from a more pure sense of self in the sense that they're not going to put their kids into something or invest in things that won't reap a return off for the common good of society. Mm. Hence, if we need medicine, this is why a lot of our parents stuff always want you to be a doctor because in their communities and cultures, that is something that's lacking. So we need you to go and solve this problem mm. for us. Mm. You see how that works? Mm -hmm. So. And along with that, because you touched on it, how sometimes that can lead to certain levels of pressure. One of my students today from Nigeria, he was saying how it was a story, but it, he was saying how because his parents studied abroad, when they came to the United States, dad was in, in banking, mom was an accountant. They couldn't continue in the careers that they were doing overseas because they didn't have the legal paperwork. They didn't have the schooling from the American society now that they can now go and practice as being an accountant or go and be a banker. So he said all his years growing up, his parents just did all ball jobs. They were just hustling. They were doing two, three uh, minimum wage jobs to keep the family going. He's, and I think he said right now his mom is like a, like a healthcare worker at a nursing home. But he was like, she's phenomenal in business and banking. I mean, in accounting, but she could never use it in this American society. So she said, 
they vested a lot in him and his sister into their education. So it's almost like they're living through the children. So mm. the son is even feeling the pressure because I was like, man, it's like you're the you're the meal ticket. He said, yeah, that's how I feel. He said, because all my family abroad, everyone sees me and they're counting on me to make it. So I have to do what I have to do. So the job I get, I have to send them money. I have people in Belgium. I have people in Germany. I have people in, in um, Haiti. And it's like I, the weight of the world is on their shoulders. So even though they're here present, mm. this is extra, extra weight they have to carry because their community is dependent on them. And this is something a lot of people don't see until they express it to you. Like, oh, man, you got a lot going on. So how do you handle this? How do you how do you prepare yourself? How, how are you formulating your mind? Is your, is your spirit man? Are you OK? Mm. So, so, when, when, so when we talk about uh, when you talk, you mentioned prayer and then even, you know, the, even the uh, spiritual connotation or when we, when we focus it on religious means. I have friends who they're big into meditation. They go to do yoga. They do a lot of things because at some point, the human element, you have to quiet yourself. Mm-hmm. And you have to open your mind and your senses. See, now, who they're praying to, what senses they're trying to open, that I don't get into. I don't get into. <laughs> but what I do know is that is a standard formula application that every human being must take. Mm-hmm. Quiet. Rest your mind. Rest your thought. All the things that are racing, it has to be brought down. And what even takes it to a new level is if you know who you are, mm-hmm. because that's that delect, that's that's that communication piece, that's that directive piece. That's how you can understand the trajectory, the do's, the don'ts, the here, the now, the tomorrow, and how you need to move in life. That's that still voice that your conscious that that lies within you. So, but once again, you have to be in a safe, sweet, quiet place, bringing. Shutting down everything. Mm-hmm. Having that, we call it what, that quiet time, right? Everybody has their name. It's almost like food. Everybody has a, a name of a different food, but it's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's quiet now. It's getting For us, it's getting into the presence of the most high understanding. Let your soul rest. Releasing all the cares of the world, all the weight. And what he says, putting that cross, let him carry the burden. And just saying, hey, I'm here. I'm the vessel. However I can be a service to your people, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And the good Lord is going to put you in those different places where you belong mm-hmm. to be that Moses, to lead people out of captivity. Mm-hmm. And I can attest to that in my own life. Every place I've gone has been ordered. Yes. I don't even know how I got there, but I knew that where I was was a stepping stone to get to the new place. Being Just being in that, once again, being in that neighborhood, in that zip code where I belonged open the door here. And then when it was time to go, you ended up there. Mm-hmm. We ended up here. Mm-hmm. And it's everything is building upon. Because I think I've mentioned this on a previous podcast that I remember one of my business teachers, Ahmad Tatunchi, when he came in right before mm-hmm. graduation, he said, you're going to do great things in life, but just remember, your people need you. The Iranian guy, that's all he came to say. He said, your people need you. Mm-hmm. And then that's why I was saying every step of the way, every job I've ever taken in this professional setting has always been directly dealing and affecting the lives of my people. Mm-hmm. Every step of the way, mm-hmm. even through the Ashan Foundation, we do nothing but serve our people. Mm-hmm. Even when we were young kids in the band, we were doing nothing but servicing our community. And that's yeah. our life. That's our life. That's our mission. Mm-hmm. So when I when we understood that as kids in that ministry, that's what took us to different heights, to new levels. 
Because you look at everybody that was in that band. It was through the ministry. It was through the identity that we uncovered as young individuals that we banned. Everybody ran into their giftings. Mm-hmm. Like that. And because we had that community that fed off each other, that iron shopping of iron, mm-hmm. nothing could stop us. Easy. Even if it was a bad idea, just because my brother said it's a good idea and you could do it, we're going to go try it anyway. Mm-hmm. That's what's missing in our communities. We don't have communities. So how do we real be those communities? Mm-hmm. How do we create those ecosystems, those chambers where people we don't even know mm. still have trust, still have faith, and they can lean on you at any time mm-hmm. without us wanting anything from them? Just being in the, just being present for them for the here and the now. Mm-hmm. We have to revive those communities. It doesn't have to be in the natural, traditional sense, like we have to go to a meeting place. No, we can form our own communities in our very, every place we we can form a community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we know the formula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got to do it. Yes, sir. But we got to love each other, though. Mm-hmm. But we can't love each other if you don't love yourself. And I see it all the time. I see people walking in the streets. We don't mm-hmm. even make eye contact with one another. We don't even acknowledge one another. We brothers and sisters, you walk in head down, boom, boom. That's what I told my kid. I said, no, say hi. Talk. You look at that person, get in the elevator, say something. Oh, that's that's nice. Oh, man, I like your suit. And that's one thing I've seen working at this new institution, Howard University. A lot of the students, because it's all black people there, mm-hmm. they talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, good to see you. Oh, man, you're looking real sharp today. Hey, man, make sure you have a great day. You see, hey, man, be blessed. You see it because you're not used to that when you're in foreign environments. Mm-hmm. Because when you mixing <laughs> with other people... It's a different cultural experience. Mm-hmm. So I, I, so now I see, I said, now I, okay, I see why the HBCU experience is the way it is. Because it's one big family. Mm-hmm. One large family. Mm-hmm. Just imagine every step of the way in your adult and adolescent careers that you're, you're moving with family. Right. They understand you. What, one, of my, one of my young students back in about, about four or five years ago, he went to Morehouse. He was telling me how I'm at Morehouse. He said, I'm happy I went here because he said, Mr. Pinham, when I was feeling like I didn't belong, he said one of my brothers in the class was like, hey, I see you're struggling in this class. You need to come to our study sessions because if you don't make it, we don't make it because we all representations of ourselves. I like so that. he said he wouldn't have had that experience if he went to Penn State. Mm-hmm. He, they would just let, allow him to fail and then he would have had to come back home. But he said his own, this wasn't even a professor. He said his own peers came mm-hmm. to his defense and his aid to assist him. And he said that's when he learned true brotherhood. Mm-hmm. I said, you're at the place you're supposed to be. Run, tell it, and let other people know and be that spokesperson so you can also regenerate and replicate that same model to mm-hmm. your brother. So when you see your brother in need, you got to be that one to save him. Yeah. Nino Brown, am I my brother's keeper? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yes. That's it. And my brother's keeper. And, and you're absolutely right. And um, having the community, it takes a village to raise Ubuntu together. I and I, one and one, if you don't do it together, we're never going to succeed. That's the lesson, hopefully, in this generation we can learn as a people and to understand how beautiful we are, that we're literally all over the earth. Other cultures have learned that lesson when they were in in their dark ages and we're coming out of our dark ages um, and moving into the light and into the position that the Most High purposed for us as individuals and as a collective. So from there, we signing off. We catch you on our next podcast.